past couple of days, I was over in New Jersey for a conference of, of third order Franciscans, uh, Anglicans, um, mostly lay people, a few, a few clergy types. And uh, today at lunch, I was sitting next to a, a friend of mine uh, who is a priest and is about to retire from full-time priestly ministry, at least in his, in his paid job. And he's always done interesting things, but for um, a number of years, he's been one of the chaplains at the Siemens Institute in Philadelphia, um, downtown Manhattan near Fulton Street, near the... Um, uh, what do they call it? Fulton Street Market, the um, no, the, the harbor, the um, the seaport, the seaport. Uh, there's um, a Siemens Church Institute there, and um, it's what it sounds like. It's a it's like a home base for ministry with people on ships and people coming in from ships, and especially out in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and in Philadelphia, this is a huge, huge ministry. Um, if you've ever read anything about a number of the, the real workers on these huge, huge cargo ships, um, a lot of them are working under conditions that are only slightly better than slavery. And so they come into port and they have no money. They're trying to get in touch with family. They're, they're, they're often very difficult circumstances. And so, thank God, there are chaplains of many denominations and many different churches who are there to offer help, um, sometimes on our behalf and on many other people's behalfs. That's background for Peter. So I've always been slightly in awe of this guy and his ministry because he's, he's doing such amazing stuff. But I've been even more in awe of his father because from time to time he'll tell stories about his father who was an Episcopal priest and died a few years ago. But his father had been a missionary in Indonesia and um, was um, a musician and a composer and an author and, and just you name it. And um, Edwin Stubbe seemed to have done it and done it well and done it several times. <laughs> and so I was always slightly wondering what it must have been like to have been his son and have to follow him and then also be an Episcopal priest. Um, today I got a slight insight into one, one aspect of what that must have been like. Someone was talking about um, another Episcopal priest who was known for his interest and his um, education in Zen Buddhism. And um, someone was going on and on and on about this man and his books. And very quietly, Peter, sitting next to me, said, well, did you ever hear about his wife, Agnes? And the person who was talking about Buddhism said, no, I never heard anything about Agnes. And Peter said, well, Agnes was something. Um, Agnes knew everything that her husband knew, but she also prayed, and she was known as quite a healer. And people would see her independently and ask for her prayers. And so it wasn't the sort of healing ministry we might see on TV with, you know, a stadium-sized room with, with someone there and then people coming up and, and boom, they're healed. Um, but there was something about this woman. People experienced deep healing from her. Then the story got better. It turns out Edwin Stubbe, um, all his life, uh, had had a problem with one ear. And it was so bad that by the time he got to seminary, he was using a hearing aid. He was basically deaf in that ear without the hearing aid. 
Um, he also had a number of anxiety disorders that, um, you know, this was some years ago, so who knows how they might uh, diagnose them now. But he was afraid of crowds. He went to seminary, and so he was afraid of crowds. Um, he was afraid of telephones. Um, afraid of all sorts of odd things. And um, he would pray about this and pray about this and nothing was happening. Um, People encouraged him to see psychiatrists and so he did. Um, He looked everywhere he could for help and had pretty much resigned himself that these were, um, sort of to use the words of St. Paul, these were the the thorns in his side. Um, That if God wanted to use him, God would use him somehow with all the limitations and what he felt were real mental sickness that he was carrying around with him. But if God wanted him, God would use him. Finally, someone mentioned to him, well, you know, you you might want to talk to Agnes and have her pray with you. And he thought, you know, I've tried tried medicine, I've tried drugs, I've tried everything, I've done a lot of prayer. Uh, And somebody said, you might try Agnes. And he he read some more books and he did some more things. And finally, he really, as he talks about this in his autobiography, he, he basically gave up. He made an appointment to see this this wife of an Episcopal priest named Agnes. Um, She talked with him a little bit. Um, She prayed with him. And he says he didn't feel any any Shazam, any lightning go off or anything like that. Um, But as he left that meeting, he felt better. He felt like something had shifted. Um, He couldn't think of anything he was afraid of. Um, A week later, hearing was back 100% in another ear. He never had any of those same worries or fears that he had had before. He continued to study, he continued to be involved in music, and then at some point in seminary felt this calling to be a missionary. And so because of his efforts in this very sort of Anglican way of of not uh, sort of hitting people over the head with the Bible, but trying to live the life of Jesus Christ fully, um, hundreds of thousands of Christians are in Indonesia now because of Edwin Stubbe. Um, It was an amazing story of healing. Um, We don't often talk about healing in in our church. We read about it in the scriptures. Uh, We read about it in today's gospel. Um, And I don't know exactly what happened. Um, I believe Luke believed that this woman was healed on the spot. She stood up straight and was able to walk again. Um, Who knows? Um, I've never been in one of those services where someone was healed on the spot. Um, I've been to a number of churches where there are crutches and wheelchairs and a side chapel and and it's evidence that people got better there and walked out. And so I believe that it can happen. I've just never experienced it. But what I do experience and what I have experienced much more frequently is people who are healers to one another. Um, I know other people like that woman, Agnes. I know people who, through their prayers, through their presence, through their care, through their showing up for other people, offer healing. And whether the person is stooped over, bent over, literally, or emotionally, psychologically, um, often we're invited to, to stand up a little straighter, to, to, to walk a little taller, to move with a little more confidence. Um, not because of a bolt of lightning, but because of another human being who has given us time, or given us attention, or perhaps given us prayer. 
scriptures today speak of God as a consuming fire. And that can be a a scary image if we think of it as a threatening thing. Um, But I think it's meant to to be like a fire that beckons us closer. I've been envious with friends on Facebook who were um, on the California coast and built a bonfire and, of course, had these spectacular pictures of a bonfire. It looked like a a TV commercial or a movie with all these people sort of happily joining them and then singing around a bonfire. But I think that's what God imagines, with God presenting God's self as a consuming fire, a fire that attracts and that calls us to come closer Come closer for for warmth, come closer for new life, come closer for, for new energy, come closer for healing. Often I think we are called to be healers to other people. And sometimes that might be as dramatic as, as helping a person stand up or, or get up out of a chair or out of bed or, or get from one place to another. Um, maybe you're called to, to lay hands on someone and pray over them in a really dramatic, deeply spiritual way. But often I think we're called to heal and offer healing by simply seeing one another. Um, by befriending one another. By being present for one another. Um, Often when we see someone, we don't quite know what their day has been like, but it might be the first time that they're actually called to interact with another human being. And so it's within our power um, to be a good presence, to be a godly presence for that person. Back in seminary when I had to learn Greek, um, I was confused at first that the first word we we all learned and learned how to take through uh, various tenses was the word um, luo. It meant to loose, to loosen, to loosen up. And I thought, what a strange word to learn as the first word. But then when one begins to get into the New Testament, it's a powerful word because we have the power to loose one another from the bondage of sin. We have the power to to loosen one another from all sorts of restrictions that that keep us bound up and crippled. Um, We, through the Spirit living in us, through Christ's presence walking alongside us, have all kinds of powers to heal, to loosen. To loosen the bonds of the day, the, the weights of the day, the burdens of the day. Perhaps you're praying for healing, and if you are, I hope you'll feel the strength of the prayers of this community and the prayers of the whole church, and that in God's good time, healing will come to you. Or perhaps you're called to pray on behalf of someone else. Um, We know from Scripture, healing doesn't always come immediately. It doesn't always come in ways we recognize at first. Healing doesn't always bring a cure. But healing is a larger, holistic, shalom-filled peace that comes straight from the heart of God. And healing comes from Christ our Lord through one another, through the mediation of the Holy Spirit. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if one reason Edwin Stubbe was, was healed so thoroughly of all those things that he felt were limiting him was because he was at that point of his life where he was presenting himself as open to God's healing, as being available to heal others, whatever that might look like, whatever the limitations might be, whatever the excuses might have been for him. 
he was willing to let go of all of that so that God could use him. Healing not only affected him, but it affected so many people through him. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, may we too be agents and vessels for God's healing here and throughout the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.